hello, 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 Victor. Thank you for listening to Victoriously Broken. We are your hosts, Invincible and Mrs. T. And this safe space was created for all who have been broken to share their testimonies, to encourage and uplift others. Today's episode is titled Heartbreak. Mm. <sighs> Girl. Now, I know we have all experienced heartbreak. Yeah. Whether it is from family, friends, your mother, your father, sister, brother, cousin, lover, anybody. We've all experienced heartbreak. Yeah. Yep. And it is one of the worst feelings in the world. You literally feel as if you can't breathe. Yeah, You really feel your heart. How I explain it to people is right now, I know my heart is working because I'm talking, I'm alive, I'm Mm. breathing, Mm -hmm. but I don't feel it. Mm. I don't feel my heart pumping every day, Right, but you know, it's working. Right. Right. But when you experience heartbreak, that pain, that trauma, you feel feel your heart it's like your heart is isolated from the rest of your organs and your body Mm -hmm. and you feel that and that is the worst pains I do not like feeling my heart if I feel like it wasn't intended for me to feel that Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know just like a heart attack it's like that's the one thing that's isolated in your body that you feel and you're grasping at your chest yeah yeah that pain yeah and heartbreak yeah oh we cannot escape it <sighs> yeah cannot escape it but we can choose how we let it affect us we can yes. choose how we let it allow us to grow you know if we let it to grow or do we allow it to stunt our growth to stop mm-hmm. our growth mm-hmm. to just sit there wither and die right right because like we like we said in previous shows is that fire needs to come along for your growth that pain is necessary for your growth Mm. but a lot of times i'm guilty of this myself is sometimes in the midst of it we cannot see it and instead we sit idle and we sit in that for longer than we need to right and then we're trying to figure out how do we get out of this why do we feel so alone why doesn't anyone love me why am I not enough wow wow I have experienced heartbreak more times than once in my life yeah and as I'm sitting here I'm really reflecting on all those times yeah but these are happy tears because of look at how far I've come. Yes. Because yes. I didn't allow that to define me. Yes. And at the end of the day, I know I'm still enough. I am yes. still worth it. Yes. It's like that experiment where they take the $20 bill mm-hmm. and they crumple it up and ask, do you still want it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. They, they, 
stomp on it and do mm-hmm. all this other crazy stuff mm-hmm. with it and ask mm-hmm. you, do you still want it? Yeah. Yeah. You still do. Why? Because you know that's still $20. You don't $20. care what it's been through. Nope. That's still $20. I could go get me something to eat. You feel me? Come on. Now. Gas in the tank. Come on now. Okay. Mm-hmm. You still want that $20. Exactly. That's you. Yes. But you have to know your worth because if you don't know your worth, how can anybody else know your worth? Yeah. Tell them your worth. You have to show them your worth. You have yes. to believe in your worth. Yeah. Because if you don't, no one else will. If you don't still see the value in your $20, that's right. How can you expect somebody else to see and treat you like right. you still worth $20? Right. You see, out of all my heartbreak. I still treat myself like I am $20. Amen. Right. Right. I don't let that define me because that's their loss. Right. Right. God has the final say so over all of our lives. That's right. That's right. You got it. This thing, heartbreak. I tell you, it's amazing how many times. God says in his word or speaks in his word that he is near to the brokenhearted. Mm. And guess what, Victors? I got a scripture for that. Let's turn to Psalm, the 34th division of Psalm, verses 18 through 20. And I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Mm, Not one of them is broken. Amen. So the the spirit may feel broken, but your physicality is still intact. Your heart may be broken, but your chest cavity around the heart is still intact. Mm -hmm. Your emotions and your feelings may be broken and hurt, but your body and your mind is still intact. I love God so much because... He speaks so clearly in his word to us. Yes. Whenever our heart is broken, whoever breaks our heart, all we have to do is go to God, cry out to God, pray to God. And he is there to deliver us from it all. Mm -hmm. He is there to deliver us. Amen. And... It's so amazing because like Invincible was saying, oftentimes the heartbreak is necessary. The heartbreak is necessary to move you to the next level that you need to go to. Yes. Let me share with y'all a story. So recently I went through an unexpected heartbreak and I fell into a depression. I was sitting there confused 
because the one thing I cannot tolerate is lying. Yeah. Like you absolutely have no rhyme or reason to ever lie to me for what I, if you truly know me, you know, I don't give two flying hoots and panoonies. Okay. Like I am non-judgmental. I'm the last person to judge anybody. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have my skeletons just like everybody else. <laughs> you Amen. know what I'm saying? Amen so into that. <laughs> uh, as my as my bae Joseph said, who am I to judge? Am I God? No, I'm not. Exactly. Amen. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> That's right. The consistency of lying to me. And it was just about little stuff, you know, some big stuff, but the little stuff, and I it just didn't make sense. You know, you tell me you promise you're not going to do something again and I trust you and I believe you and then you turn around and you did it. But you did it during the time when I was going through my stuff. Like I'm a very open and honest person when I'm in a relationship or when I'm dating someone, I let them know. I'm so like, I therapize, I guess you can say in my relationship because I'm like, I am not okay. It has nothing to do with you. I'm just currently going through, you know, X, Y, and Z, like give Mm -hmm. me a moment. Mm-hmm. to myself and I'm gonna come back and we gonna be good like that's how I communicate I keep it open I keep it honest and I also try to do that because that's what I need in return so I try to be that example to them you know and and get them accustomed and get them used to that right this person I've been dealing with for years and I mean emphasis on years I literally grew up with this person we've been on and off in our, each other's lives and but this point in our lives it was like this is real. It's official. You know, I allowed every single one of my walls to come down. And I'm not like that. I am a a guarded person because when I'm in relationships, there's just, I guard myself because I'm just keeping frank. I look at them like, I don't really trust you to be here that long. You know what I'm saying? I, I've never been around someone who I fully indulged in and was like, he's going to be here for a, a while. Like I knew that. Right. But this particular time, it was different. It was like, you ain't going nowhere. You accept me for all my flaws, stretch marks and all. Amen. Like this is it. Nail in the coffin. I'm done. You done. There's some things that you don't like about me. I don't like about you, but we in this together. We'll figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, and as you can see, that didn't work. And I allowed myself, it ended up being a month and a half. I was, I was allowing myself two months to sit in that, to feel that, to be alone. Cause for me, after every relationship, I go, I allow myself a period of healing, a period of cleansing, a period to mourn that relationship, whether we were dating, whether we were together exclusively, that's important for me because how I process and how I need to heal and to move mm, on. Right. You know, I'm a very emotional person mm. and I hold things, I hold on to things. I hold things close to my heart. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to me and dating and me being vulnerable with someone, Mm -hmm. that's not easy for me. So when you, when we decide to part ways, Mm -hmm. I need the time to myself. I need to heal. I need to mourn. Mm -hmm. I need to do 
a cleanse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you feel me? Mm-hmm. Before I can pop out and try to start dating mm-hmm. someone else again. Mm-hmm. Cause it's a lot. I, I only know yeah. how to be me. I don't know yeah. how to be we. Yeah. I hear you. So it's easier to be me than it is for me to be we. Mm. So I have to process mm-hmm. that. I have to cleanse. I got to like restart over again. Cause that was a lot. Mm. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's funny because it sounds like your heartbreak is from a significant other. This one, you can say that. Yeah. This, ex, an ex, this I should say. Particular yeah. person. Yeah. Oh yeah, he he really ha, he did he did a doozy. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. It's funny because you don't really realize how big of an effect people have on you until you get into relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And I think where I'm coming from particularly is so I am married. I've actually never been single in my adult years. I've always been married. To must be I, nice. <laughs> I, went, I mean, I went from my mama's house to my husband. You know what I mean? So it was that whole we we married straight out of high school. Well, I was you didn't you you was very fortunate enough not to experience your younger run of wild days. Um okay. You know, I mean, it's your perspective. You know what I mean? That is true. Um, it's, but it's I was totally, you're not missing out on nothing. Okay? It's all about perspective. You know what I mean? So I don't, you know, I never really had that itch like that per se mm-hmm. for any of that anyway. But, you know, I've never, I've never had that opportunity to even, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so and also, I, I am blessed. I did marry my best friend. And so our our bond was because we started being just friends. We were just friends. We were mm-hmm. actually not even, we didn't start out being friends. We He started out getting on my nerves because <laughs> we were coworkers. <laughs> he got on my last nerves, to be honest. And we, were, we started out as coworkers. And, and then co-workers grew into an associates and associates grew into a friendship friendship just kept going but I say all that to say I brought a lot of heartbreak I didn't even understand and know that I was battling until I was in my marriage oh Mm. and we all no matter we all have baggage. Everybody has baggage. Everybody brings yes. baggage into the relationship. Yes. From something. It's not necessarily a conscious thing that you do. It's an unconscious, unfortunate, you know, thing that we have is this baggage. Mm-hmm. And for me, for me, my baggage was my daddy issues. Mm. And, you know, I did not, I grew up in a single parent home. My mom has been single since I was like two years old. And so I went through a lot with my, with that whole dynamic of 
the father, right? Because I never had an actual dad. I had, he was, I think I called him sperm, sperm donor for years. It was, mm. it was years. I was saying, oh yeah, you mean my sperm donor? Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And then it graduated. And then when I let go, because I, I went into this season, it went into this next level of forgiveness. And when I really felt free and I said, oh yeah, you mean my father? you know, oh yeah, my father, you know, I had no problem saying, acknowledging him. Mm. That's the father, you know, that's my father, but he, you know, is, I never known him or heard stories of him being a good guy. And so when you, when you grow up your life, all your life, you, and you're like, you're around these young girls who have their dads in their lives. Yeah. And you're around, you see all this, you see TV and you daddy see daddy daughter dances. You see daddy daughter dances and you you're looking and you're seeing all of this. And you're like, wow, if only I can have a dad. If only I can have a dad. And I wish I had a dad. But then you are told these things about your father and what he's done to you or what he's done to your mom or um so my heartbreak was getting a little bit older maybe elementary school age higher elementary school maybe middle school age being told over and over like you know you went through this and he did do this to you because you were four years old so when I was four or five was I four I think I was four years old. Apparently, I came home and told my mom what I saw. And apparently, my father and another man, or some up couple other men, or him, I don't know, showed me their their private parts. Oh. And I was looking at semen, and I described semen at four. I was describing private parts. I was describing semen. I was describing all this. So. They didn't, they did a rape kit on me. I wasn't like penetrated, but I was definitely molested at four in his care. But think, you know how your brain saves you and blocks things? Yes. And I can't remember the actual technical term of it. And so I have no memory of these things. But when you see court documents. Yes. Of the little self describing all these adult things that's happening to you it's a different type of heartbreak and so you're like so this guy did all these things and then what do you do with when you're when your father named you gave you your name you have his dna you have his culture you have his features and yet you have siblings who hate him you have all these other people who hate him all your family hates the man that gave you life Mm. but then in of myself me myself I found that through my years I was hating him because everybody else was hating him yes because I have no actual memory yes of this happening although it happened not saying it did not happen I'm saying I don't even have the memory I can't fully I don't I can't remember something like that. I can't remember that happening. But I did read a four-year-old in, you know, person. Right. Yes. 
my four-year-old self saying these things to a judge. So, you know, you grow up like this. And I, I remember, I think I went off on him my 13th birthday or something. So said all that, gave my testimony, everything. They still allowed him temp, like custody, shared custody. Like he had vegetation rights still. What? Yes. And so I went clean off on him. I think I was like 13. I went off on him. And that was the last time I had ever saw him in person. And so he didn't do nothing for me. I grew up in a, in a house where my mama did everything. My mama did everything for me. She bought everything for me. She did everything. Um, and so to me, my mama was going to do it. To me, it's nothing I can't do because my mama can do it too. And mm-hmm. I'm a woman. She a woman. So, so in my eyes, I don't, I don't need a man. I don't need a man to do nothing for me. I don't need a man. I, I can do myself. And if man leave, then he leave. If he ain't no, he ain't no this. And then, because my mama went through her thing with me. Come on. Other women in my family went through her thing, their thing with men. And so in my eyes, a man, I don't need a man. Mm. And so when you have that type of trauma and you have that type of, bring that type of baggage into a whole marriage with a man that has nothing to do with your stuff, nothing Mm -hmm. to do with your trauma. That's your heartbreak that you deal with in that. But now you're bringing all of that and you're creating more heartbreak even on yourself. Because now I, I find myself doubting in the beginning of my marriage, doubting my husband's word doubting him or oh you're just gonna leave anyway or uh whatever i can do it myself anyway or i don't need you to do it anyway Mm. just with that attitude of well i can say what i well i mean you ain't gonna stay anyway that type of attitude and and just feeding that into my marriage and early on and just like and it took so much prayer and so much good counsel i remember this one lady from my childhood church, a few actual few ladies, older ladies from my childhood church will like just give me this golden advice on what a young wife is, what a young wife looks like. Cause I didn't know what that I don't I didn't know what being a wife was. I didn't know what being a wife looks like. I didn't have that model for me. My mom was an amazing woman, amazing person. I saw what I saw. I saw every time my uncles came over, she would serve the men their plate first. Cause that's, that's what I, that's what I saw. She would serve the men their plate first and then everybody else would eat after the men ate. And that's what I get that from. My mom serving my husband first and then everybody else eat. I'll make mm. his cake first and then everybody else eat. Cause that's ingrained in me. But as far as anything beyond that, I didn't know what that, I didn't know what being a wife was. I didn't know what that looked like. And harboring and then just bringing all of that baggage and bringing all that heartbreak into that new relationship new marriage it took a real 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 toll and it took a lot of prayer and a lot of counsel because that's a real thing because when you're not honest with yourself come on about your heartbreak when you're not honest with yourself about the trauma you face, when you're not honest with yourself about unresolved issues mm-hmm. and baggage that you carry, and it was bad in the beginning. However, because of my faith, because of I know who God is, 
he put the right people around me to speak life into my marriage. Amen. Life into me as a young wife. Amen. And I was able to take heed of the advice and properly apply it. And now you like 18 years later, 18 years of marriage later, here we are. You know what I mean? Going strong, still best friends, still cool with each other, still like being around one another. And that that heartbreak from the father, I remember my husband and I tracked him down and I saw him when I was, this was year, what year was this? 2017, 2017, 2018. Oh, wow. Around, around Christmas time. Uh-huh. Before it was a visit in person, there was phone conversations. Okay. And so we were having phone conversations. And uh, I asked him about my molestation. And I asked him flat out, I'm very forward about anything. And I asked him flat out, I said, well, did you molest me? Did you, did you sexually assault me at four years old? Here's his explanation. He said, and I don't know how true this is. He said, he went out to the post mailbox, check mail, whatever. And in Detroit area, the houses are how these old houses are set up. It's, it's like side doors facing somebody else's side door, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, he left the door open and I was sitting in the house and, you know, he came back and two men were there. Two other dark skinned men were around me because my, 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 my father is extremely dark skinned. Mm-hmm. And so two other dark skinned men were there. And, you know, when he found out, he tried to sh- track them down and hurt them, uh, all this other stuff. I don't know. Listen, that story is not really adding up to me, you know, but it's so funny because I literally can talk about it from a third person, third person perspective, because I have no memory of it. I just know what I was told and what people tell me and what I read. Hmm. Right? And so I'm emotionally detached from that, okay. from that event in my life. It happened and it's sad that it happened, but I somehow, by the grace of God, emotionally detached myself from that and that part. And so I'm just on the phone with him like, oh, okay, oh, okay. And then he's like, I'm so sorry that happened to you. I tried, I didn't, you know, didn't do that. I would never do that that type of thing to my daughter da, da, da. I said oh okay okay it brought me so much shame I said oh mm-hmm. I'm sure it did you know are you the only child I don't know if I'm on his only child I think I am I think I am his only child I want to say yes but I don't know because I don't trust his word so okay I feel like I just take everything he says as a grain of salt but I have had family to reach out. I'm not going to say from, you know, what country or continent or anything. Right. But it's not of the U.S. So I have had family try to reach out. I try to reach back, 
but it just didn't feel authentic on mm-hmm. from my hand. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever like forcing something that doesn't is not fluid. But yeah, that type of heartbreak um is serious. And for my kids to ask me like, how is granddad? What was granddad like? And will I ever meet granddad? Mm. That's a lot because then you mm. think about, you know, it's not really about all about me, it's about the kids. Yeah. Because don't they deserve to know where they came from? Because regardless, that's still heritage. Yeah. So I guess my my goal moving forward is to try and know that I don't have to have a relationship directly with him. Exactly. I was in order to that. understand what the heritage is. Yes. And so it'll be wonderful for me to connect with a relative from the country and to yes. learn and for my children to be connected yes. with the relative from the country. And so that's a goal going forward. And I think that is um, very healing and it's very important. And, and it really, it really, really um, helps me. And I, you know, when I saw him, when my husband and I went to his apartment around holiday season, I think it was either 17 or eight, 2017 or 18, around holiday season, saw him face to face. I had to see him face to face and say, I forgive you. I'm good. Cause I really am. I really yeah. am good. Yeah. The energy I was getting, I would never be go back around him because I didn't like that type of energy that I was picking up from him. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily expose my children to him. But for me to see that, it brought, it gave me closure. And it helped me, it helped me fully heal. Even from a memory I don't actually have, like physically have, or not physically, vividly. I don't have a vivid memory of that. Mm. All I have is the documents that yeah. came from my own testimony to the judge and members, relatives telling me, no, you went through this. It was yeah. a whole thing. You know, it was just a whole thing. You went through this. And so, you know, it's just having that in of itself, even without the actual memory, was still hurtful and heartbreaking and kind of devastating to be like wow I wish I had a dad and it's so funny it's crazy because how God works and Psalms 34 is so awesome and he he says that he is near to the broken heart and saves the crushed in spirit I feel like I was crushed in spirit but every time I look at my girls mm. and I see the dynamic that my girls have with my husband Yes. And I just thank God that he allows me to live vicariously through their yes. relationship with my husband. And I'm like, wow, you blessed me in such a way, God, that I didn't have this, but you allowed my children to have what I could not have. Amen. And that, that triggers. So you know how a lot of times we blame our circumstances on, well, I didn't have a dad growing up. Well, I didn't have this growing up. Right. Yes, that's some of it, but it's not all of it. Right. right. And 
I love how you didn't let that be your all of it. Right. Because that is a huge trauma to go through. Yeah. But just hearing you talk, I'm like, I love you even more. (laughs) Because you didn't allow that to be your ending to your story. And it took you some time to get there, but you forgave and you grew from it. It's going to take everyone time to get there, but you got to grow and you got to forgive and you got to grow from it. Yeah. Um, I have, I didn't grow without a father either. Long story short, he died when I was 10. Right. Yeah. So like, there's a, a lot of people who grew up without a father for different circumstances, but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we cannot allow that to prevent us from becoming our best selves. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because some people didn't have a father because, you know, he passed away. Some people didn't have a father because they chose not to be around. There's so many different roles of why people don't have a father or didn't have a mother growing up. But at the end of the day, let that be a chapter in your life, not your whole book. Exactly. Exactly. That's good. So Victors, how do we heal from our heartbreak? Right. (laughs) How do we heal? Now, there is not uh, a book out there stating this is how you heal one through 12. You know, (laughs) it is not that simple. And everybody has a different path to healing. Amen. You have to find what works from you. But I can tell you this, what's in everybody's path, key word, forgiveness. Yes. Now, I have a family heartbreak and I'm not healed from that heartbreak. Because like you said, you call him sperm donor and you were able to change and say, yeah, my father. Yeah. Mine is my mother's son. Yeah. I am unable, I'm not talking bad about him. Right. He just does not hold that title. Right. uh, For me in my life anymore. Right. And I know that I am working on forgiving him. Yeah. To finally be able to remember and not hurt. Right. To remember and not cry. Right. To remember, and I'm not faced. I'm not there yet. Right. When people ask me about him or whatever, my mother's son. My mother absolutely hates that. I know she does. Mm-hmm. But I'm not perfect. I'm human. God is still working on me as he's right. working on him and, That's and right. everybody else. That's right. But that is where I am at in my journey and in my path. I am still broken, but I am broken victoriously. Boom. That's right. Yep. So how do we heal from this pain? Yes. Yes. For me, it's through therapy. For me, it's through prayer. I pray all the time. I even started praying for him because I am ready to let go of this pain, of this hurt. I cannot carry on this anymore. 
Amen. I ask God to release this from me every day. Right. That I had to start praying for him. That's right. Right. How do we heal from heartbreak? Right. How do we heal from heartbreak? It is not easy. It hurts, but healing hurts, growing hurts. But just here's a song that my Mrs. T shared with me this morning titled Just For Me. Mm, Kurt, Kurt Franklin. Yes. Yep. Find your fingerprint with God. Mm. Find your groove with God. Allow him in so he can heal you from the inside out. Yes. Yes. I want you to allow him in so people can see him in you. Yes. Yes. When they look at you, when they're around you, your energy you exude. Yes. I want you to become victoriously broken. Yes. So, Victors, I ask you this. How do you heal from your heartbreak? How do you begin your forgiving process? Drop us a line to share with us your testimony. This is not easy, but it wasn't meant to be. But we are here to walk on this journey with you. Yes. Okay. You're, dri- you're the driver and we're riding shotgun on your journey to recovery. That's right. So don't be afraid to reach out to us, to talk to us. Please email us at I am at victoriouslybroken.com. You can reach out to us via Instagram. We have a Facebook page. Everything is under victoriouslybroken.com. Yes. Do not be afraid to share your story because your story could be the very thing somebody else needed to hear to begin their healing process. Amen. Amen. So why don't we heal together, Victors? Because in the words of the great poet Abyss, this life isn't for me, it's for you. God gave me gray skies so yours can be blue. Yeah. And until next time, peace and blessings.